Between the Rows podcast is brought to you by Glacier Farm Media and sponsored by FCC Ag Expert. Hey, do you know what's new and improved? Ag Expert software. What's that? Ag Expert? It's field and accounting software designed for Canadian agriculture. No, that's sparkle sound. When I say Ag Expert? Yeah, that. Well, Ag Expert Field helps you manage your farm. And Ag Expert Accounting is the accounting software in Canadian agriculture. But it's so new and improved, it still has that sparkle to it. Mm-hmm. Can I use it on my phone? Of course. It's built for modern agriculture. Try it for free at agexpert.ca. Welcome to Between the Rows, where you get to hear the stories behind the stories in Canada's leading farm publications. Hello and welcome to Between the Rows. I'm Ed White, your host this week. It's a big week in Canadian agriculture, with Ag in Motion drawing the attention of thousands of farmers. It's a bit different this year. Actually, it's a lot different this year. We'll have show boss Rob O'Connor on to tell us about that a little bit later. We'll hear about a water drainage and water quality project being done at Glacier Farm Media's Discovery Farm. And we'll talk about the state of prairie crop markets with Marlo Glass of Glacier Markets Farm. But first, there's a crisis brewing for Canada's remaining independent hog producers. I spoke with Manitoba's Rick Bergman about this Monday, and here's what he told me. Hey, how are things? Yeah, things are crazy. I was going to say, uh, like, it sounds like uh, there is stuff happening uh, in the hog industry and not, uh, not necessarily for a good reason. Can you, can you tell me a bit about, I guess, why so much is going on right now? Yeah, well, obviously, you know, the, the whole COVID uh, challenge has created a lot of problems uh, for, for producers across our country. And, uh, it's becoming very real for a lot of family farms right now. Uh, the level of uh, level of those challenges, and at the end of the day, what that means is the you know the the pricing mechanism, the pricing that they're receiving is uh, far from far from break even. So yeah, COVID has its way in every aspect of our life. It seems. And, you know, if, if a pricing mechanism works right, I mean, the way it works in economics and markets is the price sends useful signals. But I think the reality in the hog industry, if I understand right, is that we are not producing enough hogs and there's lots of demand and, and prices are good on one side of the market. But when it comes to farmers, they can't even make enough to pay for feeding the hog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That price mechanism is... Uh is a significant part of of the of the situation and that's and we're looking at that as well because there's something's got to give here otherwise otherwise guys are going to be uh making some pretty tough decisions here within the next couple weeks as in like what quitting or shutting down for a while or what what's your take on what will happen to some of the independent producers if if something isn't done to bring things closer to break even yeah, so you know the focus right now is the family farm, and uh, from what I've been hearing uh, in in so many different regions of our country is, you know, there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of discussions at the family at the family table about so what do we want to do here, and it you know we're we're working double time at Canadian Pork Council to try to find solutions for these guys or options. 
to keep them in, in, in production. But I mean, when you're taking the significant losses that, that they have been, uh, it's just, it's just uh, quite overwhelming for a lot of guys. And what are the various options? Like what, what could uh, you know, the industry or what could government do to stop, I guess, uh, an oncoming possible disaster? Yeah, so our, the agri-stability program that we have doesn't, uh, doesn't really address the loss uh, because it's, uh, again, I, I think ag-stability was, was developed uh, years and years ago, obviously pre-COVID. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, I've used the analogy of, of Duff's Dyke around Winnipeg, uh, Ed. You know, like um, there was forethought and planning there of the what if, uh, and if Duff didn't do that, uh, you know, Winnipeg would, as a city would be in big trouble. Now the fact that uh, you know he had that forethought of the of really the uh, things that really don't occur very often that helps the city and no different here with ag stability it was built but it wasn't built in mind of, of a catastrophic situations of covid so you'd like to see what something added to agri stability or something on top of agri stability uh, another program yeah. or something i mean uh, uh, our options i mean the options right now would, would be would be both obviously we're not you know, our hands aren't on the pen that cut the check, but uh, it would have to be including or on top of, uh, you know, ad- additional support, COVID support for the producer, uh, because uh, I, I guarantee you if, if if there is no traction on that side, gee, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. They're, you know, guys are going into uh, looking at the autumn and the fall months, and uh, uh, there's nothing on the futures market that can that can protect them. So um, uh, I I know that there's there's very significant discussions going on right now of you know whether they stick with it and they and they uh, if if at all possible they can. But I also know uh, and I've been on the call with one of the uh, producers this afternoon that that he doesn't have that option of making a decision. Well. You know, should he stick with it? Uh, it's basically if if uh, if the government programs an extra support doesn't come to, come to his farm, uh, his farm is closing the doors. So you know, we really like to avoid that situation if at all possible. And I'm sure you've been talking to government. I know you guys uh, often uh, interact with with government. Uh, what what are they saying? What's their response? Right. Well, I, I do know that the upcoming um, uh, FPT meetings are in October, and I know that there'll be further discussions there. You know, frankly, October's when you're a, when you're a producer losing thirty or forty bucks a hog. Uh, October's a long ways away from from uh, today, so there's a lot of loss that happens in between there. So, in the, there's going to be discussion. Uh, you know, we don't we don't know what 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 the end result will be, but we do know that approach approach the government and and let them know that uh, you know it's great that there is an ag stability program, but also the reality is that that won't that won't cover the the amount of loss that there is. 
Well, yeah, it sounds like a pretty uh, grim situation. So um, I, I wish you luck with uh, trying to sort it out, and uh, we'll no doubt keep following it as as this this evolves. Yeah, it's a, uh, we're in a very volatile uh, time right now, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of people working double time just to try to help out. Well, thanks very much, Rick. Uh, thanks for uh, for calling about this. I uh, appreciate your time today. Yeah, and thanks for building the story, uh, Ed. I really appreciate that, that. That Your work really helps our efforts at the national level when we have conversations with government. So, yeah, keep that up. Yeah, it's uh, we're leading it off the front page uh, this week, so it uh, hopefully should draw some attention to something which maybe isn't getting you know as much attention as it probably deserves. So, so thanks very much for, for sharing with us all the details, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you coming up. Right on. Really appreciate it. Yep. Bye-bye, Rick. Rick Bergman is chair of Canadian Port Council. And now for something completely different. A happy situation and success as Ag in Motion carries on despite the pandemic. I'm joined by show director Rob O'Connor to talk about what happened at Ag in Motion this week. Hello, Rob, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm just great, and I, I hope it's going well there. Uh, I was hoping you could uh, uh, give our, listener, or our listeners who um, uh, you know, are aware of the show uh, but maybe aren't aware of all the differences that are happening this year. I guess how things are different this year than uh, previous years where uh, there have been thousands of people out in the fields. Well, I, Ed, I think the first thing is obviously we can't have the live show out in the field because of COVID-19. So uh, we took the measure of uh, putting together a brand new virtual event that replaces all the agriculture outdoor shows and indoor shows that have had been had to be canceled this year i really think this uh, platform's working a lot of people have registered for it and watching the different sessions and interacting on our chat room so it uh, really feels like they have come together on this new platform in spite of covid19 and you know uh, what has surprised you you know we're, we're a few days into the show I, i'm talking to you on on wednesday and people won't hear this um maybe for a couple days after, but uh, you, you've had some time to see how the interactions are going. What, what surprised you and what seems to be maybe working better than you expected? Well, I think how the companies who are participating have learned the system and understand it. And it took a day or so to get the farmers to grasp it a little bit more, but they're starting to interact a little bit more as we get into uh, the event deeper into the event but i think uh, i'm really happy with how people are understanding it and, and using it and it's just an easy site to navigate and that's been i think a great benefit and for farmers who haven't yet gone online to check out what's going on with aim what uh, could you walk them through a little bit about how they would do that how do you how do you jump into this event well, first off, the, the very thing, first thing to do is register for it. So you get onto the Ag in Motion website. On that first page, you'll see a link that takes you to the Discovery Plus platform. Answer the few questions that come up, and you're in. There's no charge to it. Once you're in, you can see the demos and programming schedule or the exhibitor showcase. Uh, there's a live watch now and a live chat now buttons. And then also we break it down into equipment demos, Livestock Central, so you can get a few more things uh, narrowed down. There's even an area where there's uh, show specials and products featured. 
So it gives the opportunity for farmers to build out their own schedule of events that they want to see, whether it's equipment demos or crop plot tours or seminar sessions from the Knowledge Center. You can also go through the exhibitor showcase and visit the over 170 companies that are there, talk with them directly. You can uh, book meetings. You can see their different products that they're showcasing, watch some of their video demonstrations. So whole bunch of opportunities for people just to, to meet and learn. Now, I know in coming weeks, uh, newspapers like mine, I, I work at the Western Producer, we're going to have a pile of stories coming out of Ag in Motion. And I know the other uh, news, uh, newspapers, magazines, and other um, information sources with Glacier Farm Media will also be carrying you know, a wealth of information from this from this uh, show. Are, are there other ways uh, for people, you know, a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, to see um, any of the stuff that came out at Ag Emotion this year? Yeah, to be honest, you can come back and see all of this again by revisiting the site when it's over. Everything will still be open. Uh, the live chat won't be, so you won't be able to chat to the other farmers across Western Canada or the companies that way. But the Exhibitor Showcase, the schedule of events, that'll still be open. So you can still um, go back, re-watch those videos, and then communicate with the exhibitors after the show by contacting them through the Exhibitor Showcase as well. And presumably in a few months, we'll have a vaccine for COVID-19, and that might offer a chance for most of the world to go back to what we used to call normal. Uh, what does that mean for farm shows? Uh, do we go back to entirely outdoors and you know, abandon this electronic approach or do we maintain some of that electronic approach? What, what, uh, I guess happens, uh, once this present pandemic, uh, worry is over. Well, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that this pandemic will pass and it'll pass fairly quickly, at least in the next six months, I feel. Um, and it will open up the opportunity for us to go back and do our regular activities, our regular outdoor shows, I don't see that ever stopping. What I do see is that this new digital format has the opportunity to augment what we have. The reach of this show now can be larger, so there can be more people from a wider geographical region. You know, things that impede their ability to do, attend a live show, such as distance of travel, maybe it's family commitments like weddings, things that interrupt the opportunity for them to actually visit a live show. Now with the digital side, you can still revisit that show. You can see the companies that are there, talk about the products that they've promoted. You can see the content that's shared through the seminar series and the knowledge tent or the demonstrations of the crop plots or of the equipment. And you can revisit it again afterwards so you don't have to commit everything to memory. You don't have to try to rush at the live show quite as much because when you go home a week later, a month later, you'll be able to go back and rewatch and find some of that stuff that uh, you want to use to help you make decisions for your farm. Well, it sounds like uh, you guys uh, involved with the show uh, managed to pull off a, a lot of uh, things pretty well so far this year. And uh, it sounds good for the future, too, to, to broaden the, the reach of this information. So uh, I'm going to wish you luck with the rest of the show. Uh, and thank you very much for uh, joining me today. Thanks so much, Ed. I really appreciate it. I've been speaking with Rob O'Connor, show director of Ag in Motion.
What do you need to do to get government approval to drain low-lying, flood-prone land and at the same time protect the environment and farm sustainably? That's something Glacier Farm Media's Discovery Farm intends to discover with a two-year project it has just announced with uh, Water Security Agency of Saskatchewan. Here is some of what was said at the news conference at which this was announced. Saskatchewan Infrastructure Minister Greg Ottenbright explained what his government hopes to find out through this project. As many of you would know, a few years ago, our government decided to end an adversarial and time-consuming approach to managing agricultural drainage, an ineffective complaint-based system which often pit neighbor against neighbor. No government had tried touching or fixing the drainage issue for 40 years, but we saw an opportunity for farmers to work together collaboratively on water management to enhance their productivity while protecting the environment and, of course, local communities from flooding. The new Ag Water Management Strategy was our effort to move from complaints, a system that didn't work, to having all drainage projects approved, a system to protect the long-term economic security of all of our farmers. But as we implemented the strategy, we listened and we learned. The issues in Western Canada are different from the East. And that uh, holds true with our own province as well. Different, uh, different geographic locations in our provinces vary, are, are vary quite a bit in their, in their approach to Ag Water Management. Communities are different, local habitats and wildlife are different. One size doesn't fit all, fit all, and that's why we decided and needed to evolve our strategy. That's why I'm pleased to announce we're investing $1 million to work with our agricultural and conservation partners to undertake demonstration projects to further how our agriculture water management strategy can best reflect not only local concerns, but also opportunities. Starting this year, we are undertaking 11 demonstration projects projects that will show how producers can get drainage approvals while supporting farm profitability and environmental sustainability. The Water Security Agency has partnered with 10 key stakeholders from the agricultural and environmental communities to implement these projects using innovation and local knowledge. For example, some projects will test on how we can irrigate with drainage water. Others will look at strategic retention of wetlands to reduce downstream flooding impacts. Another will look at applying fertilizer in different ways to minimize nutrient runoff. Glacier, Glacier Farm Media's 40-acre project at Discovery Farm, I believe, will be a model for how farmers can greatly benefit from innovative water management techniques like fertilizer management to reduce nutrient runoff. It's timely for demonstration projects like those announced today as we begin work on the largest irrigation project in Saskatchewan history and one of the largest in North America. The $4 billion irrigation project we announced on July 2nd expanding north and south of Lake Deep and Baker will add up, add up to 500,000 new irrigable lands, acres for farmers uh, in the province. These demonstration projects will build off of that and will add more strength to an increasingly diverse agricultural industry. It's important to note, we will work with our agricultural and conservation stakeholders on all projects to find that effective balance between the needs of our farmers and the environment. That's how we'll keep our agricultural industry vibrant for generations to come. And our government is grateful to be working with so many great partners whose experience and expertise will help advance these projects. I believe farmers will reap the benefits thanks to the work and commitment from our partners and will create strong and beneficial agricultural water management practices in Saskatchewan. I also am very thankful uh, Glacier Farm Media and Ag and Motion organizers for leading the Discovery Farm Project and hosting this morning's media event. This is a great day for Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan farmers and ranchers. Blake Wyseth, the research lead at Discovery Farm, explains what he's going to be looking at as this project rolls out over the next two years. 
And as was alluded by Minister Ottenbright, we are indeed initiating a project this fall at the Discovery Farm. It's called our water management project where we will be beginning with the construction of a 40 acre wetland consolidation project at the site. Over the past several weeks, we have been working with experts from the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency to design this project in a way that meets regulatory approval. And the goal in the construction is to optimize land productivity by reclaiming marginally productive low-lying areas while preserving the ecological services within the landscape. Following construction, a two-year field study will be initiated to look at the impact that various agricultural management practices like variable rate fertilizer application have on influencing nutrient runoff from drain, nutrient losses in runoff water from drained soils. I will be the principal investigator on this project and will be collaborating with researchers from the University of Saskatchewan, including Dr. Jeff Shano and Dr. Jane Elliott. Discovery Farm is fortunate to be partnering with the Saskatchewan Soil Conservation Association and the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association on this project, who have provided key input into the management practices that we will be evaluating in this field study. And funding from this project has been provided by the Saskatchewan Water Security Agency as a part of their agricultural water management strategy. Former Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister Lyle Stewart explained why this is not an attempt to just uh, copy what Manitoba and Alberta are doing, but will try to find a made in Saskatchewan approach to both uh, drainage and water protection. It may or may not be similar to what we see in, in uh, Manitoba and Alberta. Uh, we're, we're trying to, to establish what works in Saskatchewan. And I, once again, that's the purposes of uh, the purpose of these demonstration projects. So we want to, we want this to be science based. We want it to be based on local uh, science obtained in our local conditions, and uh, and and that's why we're doing this. Really, uh, we're not going to copy Manitoba or Alberta on this deal. I'm now joined by Marlo Glass of uh, Glacier Markets Farm to talk about what's going on in the markets. So, Marlo, can you tell me a bit about what is going on in the markets these days? So we're seeing canola prices under a bit of pressure these days. Last week, uh, canola contract tested contract highs, which encouraged some farmer selling. Um, but now that farmer selling has in turn put a damper on prices. So we're just seeing a little bit of weakness um, here and there. Producer deliveries of canola have jumped 39%, uh, and that was for the week ended July 12th. Um, but the good news is that canola exports have also increased quite a bit from previous weeks, and domestic usage was up a little bit more as well. And so those increases have been supportive of prices. Now, when it comes to crop conditions, we're seeing a pretty good crop out there on the Canadian prairies, um, and it's rated about 74% good to excellent. Now, some market participants expect initial crop production to be higher than initially estimated, but we're going to have to wait and see how that turns out. That depends, of course, largely on growing conditions. We need our weather to stay warm and the rain to keep coming. Gee, is there any idea there of uh, why the exports are going so well recently? Um, well, we... Shoot, I like completely blanked. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I will tell... I'm going to write down the time that happened. I'll tell uh, Spencer to cut it out. So at 120. 
Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I I I, I, I should have thought to bounce it off you beforehand. No, no, it's okay. That's like the type of thing that that um, analysts talk about all the time. But I'm just completely blanking on it. Like in terms of like what people have told me recently, um, I can I can patch together I can patch together an answer. Okay, so I'll let you percolate on that in a second. Something I could also ask you as a follow-up, so let that percolate in your mind for a minute too, is um, about why producer deliveries are, are, are up. Is that all to do with, um, is that going to be all to do with, with the price, you know, going to near contract highs, or could there be other factors? Yeah, yeah so producer deliveries have been spurred on by those contract highs, and like I said, it, it jumped almost 40%. During the weekend is July 12th. That's according to the Canadian Grain Commission, and that's largely motivated by yeah attractive prices this year. Okay, so I'll go back. I'll ask you that again. So first, what I'll do is I'll okay. go back and ask you about the um, um, if there's an idea of why the why the export numbers are so good right now, um, and then I'll ask you about uh, and where producer deliveries jumping up. Uh, uh, you know, is, is price really the factor there, and uh, um, what kind of a price has brought it in? Because uh, I can't even remember what the prices are right now. So maybe you could reference okay. that if you're able to. So, okay, so I'll go back, and I'm going to write down that we're going to go back in at about three minutes. So, Marlo, uh, why are exports uh, going so well? Why are, why are the numbers jumping up so much recently? Well, one theory is that states around the world are uh, restocking their coffers uh, during this pandemic. Of course, we've been um, we've been dealing with it since earlier in the year, but it's it's far from over. Especially as we're seeing cases spike in uh, in many areas around the world, and so there is one theory that um, governments are just making sure that they have that they have plenty stocked up for the winter. And that's helped, uh, that kind of demand has helped pick up prices, uh, presumably, and that has been leading to uh, farmers responding in the way they do, which is by delivering, uh, delivering the crop. That's correct, yeah. So the November contract for canola right now is over $480, and that has uh, enticed quite a bit of producer deliveries. As I said, they're up about 40% during the week end of July 12th. That's data from the Canadian Grain Commission. And, um, yeah, it's, it's attractive prices that are, that are encouraging farmer selling. So as we walk into, uh, you know, the second half of the summer season here, uh, where, where are you going to be watching? Uh, what, uh, what in the marketplace are you uh, most carefully following? Well, market participants are always very careful to watch the weather forecast race. Um, we need our weather to stay warm, but not too warm, and that rain to keep coming. Well, thanks very much, uh, Marlo, for this uh, catch-up on the markets. I appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you for having me. That was Marlo Glass of Glacier Markets Farm. This is Between the Rows, and this is the end of Between the Rows. I wish you all the best in the coming week, and make sure to join us again next week for more information about farming and agriculture in Canada. Between the Rows podcast is brought to you by Glacier Farm Media and sponsored by FCC Ag Expert. Canada's number one field and accounting software. Try it for free at agexpert.ca. Hey, do you know what's new and improved? AgExpert software. What's that? AgExpert? It's field and accounting software designed for Canadian agriculture. No, that's sparkle sound. When I say AgExpert? 
Yeah, that. Well, Ag Expert Field helps you manage your farm. And Ag Expert Accounting is the accounting software in Canadian agriculture. But it's so new and improved, it still has that sparkle to it. Mm-hmm. Can I use it on my phone? Of course. It's built for modern agriculture. Try it for free at agexpert.ca.